0: Welcome to CoreCentric Conversations, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories of procurement and finance transformation. Hello, everyone, and thank you for rejoining our podcast series. Now, during our last episode, Joe, Jennifer, and I talked about the importance of establishing a baseline and setting measurable goals that you put against reasonable benchmarks to ensure that your procurement transformation journey is ultimately a success, whether procurement is leading it independently or whether procurement reports into and is transforming in collaboration with finance. Today, we're gonna talk about how you can effectively build a transformation roadmap that drives all of the individual stakeholders and activities and ultimately leads to large scale organizational change. As you would imagine, there are a lot of different components and moving pieces as part of this. And so having a structured path to align everyone around is absolutely critical to reaching those outcomes. So, Jen, I would like to start by bringing you in. You know, we talked about baselining and we talked about vision setting. Sometimes setting long-term goals is one of the most challenging things that has to be done. Once you've gotten through that part of the process, though, what would you say are the next most important steps on that transformation journey? And how can procurement and or finance approach those together to lay the initial steps for the transformation journey?
1: Sure. So I'd say that at this point, you can pretty much safely say you have all the right elements to go on the journey that, you know, we often talk about as this evolution to get to your end state vision. So, you know, having the baseline understanding of where you are today, having that vision of where you want to go. But oftentimes, uh, I think a lot of organizations struggle with what's in the middle, right? So, how do we get there? And also understanding, you know, if I want to be in X place by number of whatever, two, three, five years. How do, what do I start with? How do I get there? Right. So anytime you're going on any kind of journey, you need a map to get there. So you actually know how to get there in an efficient amount of time and know what steps to follow. Right. So I think it's really important to have some kind of plans some sort of roadmap in place, uh, not only to kind of set that direction and, and know where you're going, but Having a plan in place, one that you can publish within the organization is going to help instill a sense of confidence and trust from the business units that you've engaged with during that current state assessment. And I think that's one element that um, organizations often forget about is you, know, you spend all this time up front in discovery, talking to people, talking to um, whether they're correlating functions or just you know end users of the service. And they've provided all this great input and if you don't do something with that input and show them that you're going to do something, it can create, it can kind of backfire on you, right? It can create a lot of mistrust in the organization and, you know, we just wasted all this time telling you what all our problems are and you're not going to do anything about it. Um, and I think it's also important to call attention to the fact that a lot of what we've been talking about so far seems, might seem kind of obvious some people, but It's really where I see organizations fail the most in the transformation process. So not taking enough time up front to plan and evaluate what actually needs to be changed and when. And that's, again, where a third party can sometimes come into play, right? Because when procurement or finance is running their own transformation, while they heard what the business has said and and where they think their priorities are, procurement's ultimately going to have some bias and say, well, that's great, but we really want to start here because this is where we want to start. So there's a lot of different uh, complexities to designing the roadmap, but I think the most important piece is to have one and also understand that you need to be flexible too, right? Because I think that's where people struggle is that setting a plan and then understanding it's going to change. The business is going to change and that's okay. You have to have that NC vision and an idea of where you're going, but understand that you may have to take some detours along the way. Well,
0: and I think what I like and And when I actually allow my mind to kind of roll back over the other conversations that we've had and then add this to it, I think if we were to go back, you can almost chart a pendulum swing between some type of strategic vision setting activity that's very creative, and then you have to have the corresponding work done around baselining or tactics or problem definition, right? And so it feels like this is another one of those places where we're saying, okay, We've baselined, got it. Then we set a vision, excellent. But now we got to go back and develop the roadmap. So you've talked about the importance of having that plan. And Joe, if I can bring you into the conversation here, let's go back from the very tactical, grounded outlining business problems and understanding you need to have a plan for them back to the more strategic or creative. How are we going to come up with this whole list of options for addressing the things that we want to either be solved for or see change through the transformation journey? How would you recommend companies approach that brainstorming creative ideation process?
2: Sure. You know, the the first thing I recommend companies do is to think about Uh, evaluating where the dependencies are, right? So we have this laundry list of activities we want to perform. What needs to come first, second, and third based on timelines, how long it takes to do things, complexities um, around each of the activities, and then, you know, if one thing has to happen before another occurs. And I often tell companies, you know, think about where are the quick wins, where are the no-brainers, the things that will We can address right away that don't require a lot of input, uh, navigation around the business will be seen as a win by the business because it helps them do their job better and maybe create some tangible value up front. If we start there and those, you know, what are the bite-sized chunks we can take out there, then the rest of the dependencies kind of fall into line, right? So we do this first and then what happens second, third and fourth. And again, it's based on timeline and complexity and then what has to happen before the next thing happens. And then, you know, the second piece of it is just thinking about the options you have to solve each of those problems. And for example, is is it a process problem you're looking to correct? If so, is technology going to be an answer for that? Or is it really a people issue, right? So it's a people issue. Are we missing a skill set? Are we, uh, uh, do we have a capacity problem? Is there subject matter expertise? that we need. And so when you're having that type of conversation, then you're, you need to think more about, well, are we going to build this or are we going to buy it? Right. And are we going to leverage a third party in whole or in part for any component of the, the future state that we're looking to build? And that's really important because if, if regardless of which direction you take, it's going to have an impact to your timeline and to your process. And so knowing up front where you're going to go to solve for a particular problem, is really important in tying that whole roadmap together and then lastly i would suggest you know we we talked in the last podcast around the pillars of procurement and i really find it to be beneficial to tie each of the work streams or activities within a work stream back to a pillar Um, and that provides clarity and context into the problem being solved for so you know, think about, uh, you know, a, a work stream being around stakeholder engagement and creating a, a monthly cadence or communication plan or readout to the business about what procurement's doing, what successes they've had, how they've helped the business uh, in their business objectives. You know, as you go through a, a huge procurement transformation, at some point you might say, wait, why are we doing this again? And to be able to have that clarity to say, oh, that's part of the pillar that's tied to the value of procurement and really you know, making sure that the business recognizes the value of procurement and we're doing this to achieve that goal, that helps because when you're in the middle of it, you get lost in the weeds. And so tying everything back to one of those starting premises connects the dots and makes sure that everyone knows why they're doing those activities, which may be clear on day one, but, but far less clear on day you know, 101.
0: Well, and that clarity is essential because as you pointed out, as you were sort of brainstorming through some of the sample type solutions to the problems that have been identified, there may be an associated investment, right? You may be bringing in training, you may be hiring a person, you may be bringing in a technology or getting some sort of third-party consultative help. I imagine that the clearer everyone is around the desired outcomes and the ROI associated with those, the easier it is to not just set expectations, but actually have conversations with leadership around the investment that needs to be made in order to get to that ROI. In in our case, we've been talking a lot about procurement and finance, working through this transformation process together, which hopefully strengthens our ability to make that business case what elements would you suggest that finance and procurement either consider or include in the thought process to effectively demonstrate the value proposition associated with an investment that needs to be made to get to ROI through transformation?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, when Joe was talking about making sure that everyone understands uh, why you're doing this, my thought went right to, to this piece of it. It's, Yeah, there's one element of the stakeholders understanding the why and procurement and finance understanding the why. But at the end of the day, excuse me, you're still running a business, right? And that's what leadership is going to hear is that, you know, with improvement, with, uh, you know, evolution and moving forward, there's going to be investment needed. And they, you know, at the end of the day, again, they need to understand the business value of what you're trying to accomplish. And I think this is probably one of the most important pieces of the roadmap. And it really helps to kind of tie it all together. So outlining what amount of resources are needed, um, you know, whether they're internal or external, you know, what element of support you're going to need from the business. Because again, getting their input from the very beginning is not the end of it. They're still going to need to be involved in, in different functions at different times, right? And then ultimately the funding that might be needed to support some of those components. As Joe mentioned, if there's a technology component to it, Or, uh, you know, ultimately you need more headcount to support what you're trying to do in terms of streamlining the process. So having a really solid business case with metrics that mean something to the audience, right? So that's a big piece here too, is that you're not just uh, putting forth, you know, metrics within that business case that you believe are are proving the value, but what are actually going to be heard by leadership? What are the components that blend those two pieces together to say, here's what you're going to get? I think that goes back to your change management strategy too, is that you're, make sure you understand who you're talking to, who the audience is when you're, when you're presenting this information, because your business case to a particular business unit and their input might look a little bit different than leadership saying, hey, this is the bigger picture and And what it's going to do to help us meet our goals long term and why we need to do this. So again, um, as I mentioned, it really helps to kind of tie everything together and making sure that you can take that step back and look outside of just what, you know, that narrow view of what you're trying to achieve and see how it's going to help everyone work better and more efficiently and how it's going to help, you know, ultimately meet those goals.
0: And I think you make a really important point there, Jennifer, because it's not just about having a good business case where everything inside of it makes sense. You do have to know your audience, and you have to present it in a way that appeals to them, where it's very clear what the benefits are, especially if there's an investment involved. And since so much of what we've talked about involves multiple functional stakeholder groups, there's a lot of different things that have to be thought through, both in terms of what you include in the plan and also in terms of how you present it. So Joe, if I come back to you for a little bit more insight on that, we're at the point where we have our our business case documented. What would you say around the most effective ways, maybe even just straightforward tips and techniques around presenting your roadmap and the business case to executive management in a way that sets you up for success in terms of the decision that they make?
2: I would say there's three things that you really want to emphasize during a roadmap presentation. Um, The first is ROI. And we've already covered that. Jen spoke to it. You spoke to it. You know, the reality is uh, this is one of those areas where procurement is unique because there's, there's very few areas of the business where you can show as clear of a cut of ROI as you can from a procurement perspective. Right. And you think about sure savings over cost, but what goes beyond savings and, and is things like the efficiency gains you can, you can get, the top-level revenue gains you can get when you engage supplier communities properly, all those things need to be factored into that ROI calculation. And in most cases, it's going to be one of the largest ROIs that executives have seen, right? We're talking 10 to 1 or, or better uh, when, when you have a, a really good business case for procurement transformation. The second, and the one that I often find is, is left out the most, is, you know, relaying the need for sponsorship. We, we covered it in the last conversation, but the reality is procurement is a very personal subject for people. When you're going through a procurement transformation, you may be taking responsibilities away from the business and putting them into procurement. Um, people don't tend to like that. However, given the size and scope of the business case, It needs to happen. And so we need to see uh, the the procurement group enlist the support of C-level executives to say, this isn't going to be easy, guys. (laughs) Guys, you know, team, we know that we're going to encounter change management issues and we need your support and backup when those issues occur to help us get this through. And then lastly, you know, I always end with it, and that's probably why we call it that, but the the end-state vision. When this procurement transformation is complete, what will it mean for the company? You know, how will it compare with industry peers? How will it become a differentiator for the organization versus competition? Those types of uh, visionary themes should be incorporated into a roadmap because it really gives folks a Qualitative perspective of what this is going to mean for the company versus just a quantitative perspective.
0: And to that point about the different elements included, I think what I'm struck with, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about that pendulum swing from the strategic vision setting to the tactical operational challenges where you need to successfully execute. I do think it is a good reminder that transformation has to be connected to very business-specific ROI, but it's also an incredibly thoughtful process. And that's everything from truly understanding the nature of the challenges to figuring out the best way to solve them, to putting together the business case, to figuring out how to best present that business case, which is a little bit more into the marketing, PR, even sales area than procurement typically goes. And that's interesting because when we think about transformation, I'm not sure that's the first thing that would always come to mind. And that may be a factor in why so many transformations struggle to deliver what they're ultimately, uh, hopefully, associated with. Without that roadmap, it's it's incredibly challenging to keep everyone moving in the same direction, keep everybody clear on the vision and that desired end state, Joe. Um, especially when budgets and timeline are key considerations. So, as I have with all of the other parts of this podcast series, I want to thank you, Joe, and you, Jennifer, for sharing your point of view. And I want to thank everyone in the listening audience that has joined us today. Now, as you know, this is a multi part series. In the next installment, this is one you are not going to want to miss. We're going to share some tales from the trenches. Thanks for joining this CoreCentric Conversation, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories of procurement and finance transformation. We hope you found our discussion useful. With each episode, it's our goal to give you insight on how to lead change your organization. Get started by visiting us at corecentric.com. That's C-O-R-C-E-N-T-R-I-C.com.